This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast, a relaxing and informative show where we explore anxiety, panic, and PTSD, sharing how you can overcome them for life. the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. In today's episode, I want to talk about depersonalization symptoms and solutions. This came up in conversation in our group coaching. And so I wanted to talk about it here because it's interesting how when this is happening to you, you feel like you are the only person that this has happened to. It feels very strange and you can't imagine that anybody else could experience this. So what I want to do is read to you the email that I received and uh, then I want to get on to my answer to our listeners. So this is from Kay said, great call today. It went by so fast and I actually had more that I wanted to talk about. This was from our group coaching call. This came up. I was wondering, as we were talking about the physical reasons behind our bodily sensations, I wondered if anyone knows about the bodily sensations that are associated with depersonalization in particular. For me, I get tingly sensations across my whole forehead. I get dizzy and lightheaded. My eyesight gets blurry and it's super hard to focus. And I can feel disconnected from the rest of my body, especially the lower half. When I was just dealing with panic attacks, I learned to tell myself that my heart was racing because my body perceived a threat that all my physical symptoms were due to the blood being pumped to my muscles, and I simply needed to send calming and safe signals to my brain. But with depersonalization, I will get triggered, and my first noticeable response is the forehead tingling, shortly followed by the floaty, disconnected, blurry vision feeling. I don't get a racy heart. It feels so different than the panic attacks did. And so I haven't quite known what to tell myself about those physical symptoms, except to focus on bringing sensation back into my body using something like ice. And so any insight into the science of why those sensations occur would be very much appreciated. Also, I'm having a difficult time with the meditations, in particular guided meditations, as they can trigger the depersonalization for me. Any advice on that would be much appreciated as well, because I love meditation, but I'm not sure I could should continue doing it if it triggers me. Thank you. And I wanted to bring this up to the general listening audience because Like I said, this is a very odd feeling, this depersonalization, derealization. These things also tend 
to get us enough into our head that we think, wow, this is really weird. Like I, I have had people say to me, they were afraid to even mention it to anyone because they thought it was so odd and they didn't want to be labeled or think that that was something really big and awful. And it's not, it's actually right along the lines of other anxiety symptoms and sensations, except that it's it's like uh, on steroids. It's very intense. There are some past episodes that we have on this, such as episode 413, episode 249, and episode 550. Now, what my response today is, because I wanted to be specific for what my members' uh, concerns were, and, and then I brought it into the whole group because I wanted everyone to understand what to do with these feelings of depersonalization and derealization. It, I wanted everybody to understand that it is actually more common than you might imagine. According to the National Alliance on Mental Illness, NAMI, about half of adults have had this dissociative episode in their life. Now, I also have read where it was 75%. So, you know, I wanted to read the lower one because I I was like 75% seemed really like, wow. But the one, one report said 75% and this one from uh, the National Alliance on Mental Illness said about half. So 50% of adults have actually had one of these episodes in their life. Now, what happens is if you have anxiety chronically and you are under stress, whether it is overt or it is in your subconscious and is bubbling up here and there at the least appropriate times, you know, when you are more anxious, you are more apt to fall into this, right? Have you tried One Skin for your skincare routine yet? I love the simplicity of these products and the medical grade ingredients in them, not to mention how easily they fit into my skincare routine. The OS1 face moisturizer and OS1 eye cream make skin look visibly smoother and clearer and immediately feel softer and more hydrated. The secret is One Skin's proprietary OS1 peptide. It's the first ingredient proven to switch off the aging cells that cause lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin, and several studies back it up. So if you're tired of cycling through ineffective skincare trends and overcomplicated routines, then I'm so excited to share with you One Skin, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. OneSkin is the world's first longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ACP at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ACP. After your purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. Now, there are a lot of people who I've worked with uh, over all the years with anxiety that have never experienced this. So, and it was not something that I experienced with my anxiety, but 
again, it looks like about half of the adults will have an episode like this at some time in their life. And if you're more anxious, you might be going there more often. It might be your default when the brain gets too fired up, it gets too red hot, and it has to detach and cool down a little bit. It's like these types of sensations, especially the tingly or numb feelings, the feeling of being not connected to yourself, your mind, body, feelings, etc. Some of the other sensations you can get are, are fuzzy, fuzzy feeling or muffled sensation and body distortion feelings. Some people can feel like their arms are a different size than the rest of their body. You can just imagine because it's wherever your imagination can go. That can be funneled into the body as a sensation. And the list is very long on some of the feelings and changes that people have. Often uh, changes in vision appear. The list of other sensations is long. And like I was saying is very individual. One of the things that we want to remember is that these things can come and go and they can also become chronic. And I think that's when people start to be concerned, like, oh, I'm falling into this again and again, like my member is talking about here that, you know, she's learned to deal with the general panic feeling and can actually rationalize what is happening and get herself into a more calm state because she's understanding what's happening. But with the depersonalization, it was not as clear. Like what is causing this? Like I would understand why my heart would be pounding or my blood pressure would be going up, but why would I feel so disconnected from my body or have these odd sensations or vision changes? So Generally speaking, I always give the caveat to consult with your primary care physician to rule out any medical reasons that you could be experiencing these things. But, and you may get, uh, as one of my group members called it, the million dollar workup. And it may come back that no, there, you have nothing organically or physically wrong. And this is your nerves as Claire Weeks would say, playing on you, or this is your stress or your brain being overstressed and looking for relief. So to deal with the sensations and the feelings when we're actually medically cleared, we can begin to keep ourselves grounded and present. That's where we start by being grounded and present. We also want to remember that we are aware of what's going on. And that in and of itself may be a trigger for stress and help to keep the anxiety cycle going. Because this is a good place that we can use some some self-talk and remind ourselves that the sensations are going to pass and that we are okay knowing that we've been medically cleared and that we can deal with this odd feeling. It's very frustrating, but we can deal with it. That whole awareness thing piece does play into keeping the anxiety cycle going for some people. We're aware of what's going on and that may feel like, oh, you know, I I know what's happening here. Like I'm not feeling connected. I'm aware that I'm not connected. 
gets a little meta here, but that's an odd feeling. We start playing that off into different ideas. The mind might start going into other places, into our imagination. And the stress of this, and especially as my member was stating, the stress of not knowing where it comes from and how it is actually being triggered. You know, this reminds me of um, Dr. Sarno's work with the mind-body syndrome, TMS, and that the mind can actually do amazing things to the body, like really crazy, um, amazing things. The pain it can cause is phenomenal. The pain it can cause without causing damage. It's almost like the mind and body working together were, were causing enough pain to get your attention and to cause you discomfort, but we're not causing any long-term damage. So we could get off into that, which I, I won't do because I want to stay concentrated on the depersonalization, but it's the same thing with the mind, the brain and the mind working to cause a sensation or a feeling, but it's not dangerous. It isn't causing us harm. So with stress being the trigger, it's commonly thought that the origin of this kind of depersonalization is from trauma. This is again individual. I want to state once again that what might traumatize me may not cause trauma for you or vice versa. So this is very vague, I know, because there's no clear-cut way to know who is traumatized and what kinds of things cause trauma. Many things can cause trauma. You don't have to have been in a war to have been traumatized. People are traumatized every day. For some children, falling off their bike could be traumatic, and another kid falls off their bike, it means nothing to them. So again, it's very individual. But the focus can be on the level of stress and the difficulty of being able to regain residence in the parasympathetic side of the nervous system as your default. You want to be able to fall back into that parasympathetic, that rest and digest wing of our nervous system. Because what happens when we are experiencing things such as, such as depersonalization is that we're spending much too much time in the sympathetic side of the nervous system. And that's our stress side. That is the fight or flight side. And that means that we are always under pressure. The brain is firing and it's in that red zone of discomfort and danger. So we talked about grounding as a way of bringing ourselves back into our body, into being clear, present in this moment. And we talked about in the group in the past about holding an ice cube. Anything cold can really help to bring you back into your body. Drinking cold water, getting into cold water, 
actually using any of our senses in a way. Sometimes you're not in a, in a situation where you can go take a cold shower to bring yourself back into the present moment or even find an ice cube, but you can do things, use your other senses, such as picking out colors, even with fuzzy vision happening from the depersonalization, you can still pick out colors. You can feel textures. You can use finger tracing. Just trace your fingers with your breath or without your breath. If your breath is triggering you into feel stressed right now, just trace with your pointer finger of your right hand, trace around the fingers on your left hand, just to bring you back into the present moment. Another thing would be to use the essential oils to just smell them because that can actually help to relax you, can help to bring the red brain down into a little bit more neutral area, cooling it down, but it can also help you to be brought back into the present moment. And of course, any kind of mindfulness, any way that you have used in the past to come back into the present moment and doing what is right in front of us. So the quick answers with depersonalization are stress reduction and healing the trauma would be the long-term objective because we want to relieve our subconscious of that trauma, its need to come up, bubble up over and over again. And so that could be something you could work on. But again, the short term, the quick answer is stress reduction. And the long term, we want to heal the trauma. So for meditation, I suggested for my member, Kay, to meditate in a way that she is moving that would be more helpful for her, such as Qigong or Tai Chi or just simple walking meditations. If the sitting is not working and it is triggering in a way that is putting her into depersonalization, there's always a way we can work around this and still bring ourselves into mindfulness and into more peace and calm. And I want you all to remember, if you are having this, it will not last forever. I've worked with people who had had this, and once they brought their stress levels down and they were able to not be in anxiety and panic as often, they had no more depersonalization. This does not last forever. And now for today's quote. Learning to live with ambiguity is learning to live with how life really is, full of complexities and strange surprises. And that's from James Hollis. I'll be back in a few more days with another podcast. Until then, be well and aloha. Thanks so much for joining us for today's episode of the Anxiety Coaches Podcast. Find more information at the anxietycoachespodcast.com.